Hello, this is your host, Paul Harvey from Life, Passion and Business. So I'm taking a couple of weeks break from some of the editing duties around here while I swan around the country seeing people and doing all sorts of exciting things I will tell you more about in the new season. In the meantime, I thought I would share with you one of my favourite shows from last year with Moira Gallagher. It's a lovely conversation about returning to our hometown in Ireland and making a difference. But while I have your attention, I just need to remind you that we have no sponsors in this podcast. So if you like what you hear, you can use the link Buy Me A Coffee. We'd be most appreciated. Do check out the links at the website lifepassionandbusiness.com. Lots of resources for you. Anyway, I'll get you to this podcast now. My name is Paul Harvey, and you are listening to Life, Passion and Business, a podcast born out of my desire to find greater meaning in life at the time when I thought there was none. Since that day, I have spoken to hundreds of people, and what I have discovered is that our story is everything, because what we do, feel or experience is based on the stories that we tell ourselves. It's time to explore what it means to live a good life. How do we make this experience better? And more importantly, how do we lead the world to a better place? You know, for me, it's about helping people get out of poverty thinking and a poverty life and to realize that, you know, there is more to it. And I also find speaking a lot of entrepreneurs, they tend to, you know, focus on out, like helping everybody else before they help themselves. So it's showing people how if they help themselves, they can actually help a lot more people because, you know, because I was there, I was out there helping everybody else, but I was, you know, I was struggling to put petrol in my car and I was just like, that's not making a difference because if I'm not functioning, nothing is functioning. My guest on the show today creates stories with her words. She has captivated audiences worldwide with her powerful presentations. But how that all began is one of those stories of the unexpected. What does a girl do when some money arrives out of the blue just before her birthday? For my guest, that would normally have meant a party. But this year was different. It felt like there was a reason for this money to arrive. Moira Ndegalaha was born in Donegal, but left Ireland to explore the world. She was living the London life as a youth worker in a non-profit. From her Instagram feed, she was having a ball. But in reality, it was draining her soul and there was a desire for something more. So when that money arrived, and with her birthday so close, she saw it as a gift, packed a small bag and her journal and took the Eurostar to Paris. Sitting in a cafe of that vibrant city with a coffee and a croissant and her journal, she was mulling her future when the phone rings. On the screen comes up the word home. That is the moment that changed Moira's life and it was the signal to go back home to Ireland. On returning to Donegal, she saw the place with new eyes and wanted to share it. She told that story and over the next two years she became a one-woman tourist development agency. Our conversation is about her journey from uninspired youth worker to Irish tourism to business mentor and international speaker with global impact. Let's join the conversation with Moira Gallagher. So Moira, thank you so much for being here with me today and looking forward to this conversation. Hmm. Thank you so much for having me, Paul. So this is life, passion and business, and we are all, all about the journey. So I know you're in Ireland. Uh, I know a little bit more about you than that, but let's, let's unwind, unwind it from the beginning. How did it all start for you? Where, where did it all begin? 
Yeah, so I was a youth worker living in London up until around 2012, Paul. Mm-hmm. And I great job, great life, you know, on the outside looking in, my social media looked like this girl's having the great having the best time of her life, you know. But uh for me, I was like, this is just not enough. It was like my my soul was like drained, my job, like what I was doing with my time. I just nothing, nothing made sense anymore. And I knew I needed to do something different. So I started looking at all the possibilities. And I even, at one point, I even looked at being an air hostess. I looked at teaching. I looked at uh, becoming a manager in the role I was in. I was just like, none of this. I just don't want to. Youth work is always difficult, isn't it? I guess it depends on what what youth you're working with. If you're working with deprived youth, it's actually even more difficult because you're dealing with not just with what they're doing now you're dealing with what they're doing dealing at home as well I guess yeah yeah I was more more helping people with their managing their tenancies and then doing everything they could then to make sure that they contributed and they went to college and paid their bills so it was quite it had a coaching element to it Mm. um and you know looking back I don't I didn't think that coaching was going to be a thing that I got into but I I was interested in it because I found like an old box with like training courses and I had written like coaching and I did a course and everything but it wasn't it wasn't on my radar when I was trying to leave London and then you know one evening I was at home I got a friend came to visit that I hadn't seen for probably about two or three years and he owed me quite a lot of money which was you know it's always welcome when something like that comes back to you and it was coming near my birthday Paul and any other year I'd have been like okay let's go party let's you know let's light light up the town and all this and I can of thought to myself no wait a minute there's there's a gift in this for me this is an opportunity to do something so I did what every girl would do I bought myself a ticket on the Eurostar to Paris brought my journal a little bag and I thought I'm going to go to Paris I'm going to figure out my life and just spend my birthday myself so that's what I did I went to beautiful city and while while I was there I had, you know, the classic lists of what do I want? What do I not want? And it's still in confusion, but in that brightness and like freshness of a new city. And my phone was sitting on my, um, on the table. I was in this little cafe and there was a cup of coffee, a croissant journal, my phone rings and it's my parents. And any other time my parents would phone me when I'd be abroad, I'd be like, well, you know, what do they want or whatever. And um, it was the way the word home came up on the phone that day, Mm. Paul. And I just thought to myself, oh, my God. And I had this feeling of peace wash over me. And I was like, I want to go home. Are you serious? Like, I'm a woman of the world. I'm going to travel. I'm going to Japan and all this. But no. What was in my heart was to move back home to Donegal in the middle of a recession. Made no logical sense whatsoever. But for the first time in months, my heart was on fire. And my head was like, you're crazy. So went back to London, packed in my job friends everybody says or have you lost your mind even my parents were saying don't do this what are you gonna do and I was like I don't know I just felt such a such a pull home and I hadn't lived at home since I was like 18 mm-hmm. and grew up in Scotland left home uh, moved to Ireland in the 80s left when I was 18 really small town like I'm literally looking out over the mountains and bog and like the beach is about you know two minute drive away so not, like, not a city girl that but, no um... it's not a city it made no sense no and, and when I got here I was like you know I was so taken with how beautiful the place was and it was almost like as if I had never seen it 
Like, and I would come home for weekends, but I'd be so focused on getting back to London and leaving. And all of a sudden I saw like culture, like mountains, like services, people, language. And I hadn't spoken the Gaelic language for like almost 20 years. And all of a sudden it just was this thing that was really important to me. So I very quickly noticed that there was nothing but amazing things for people, but we had no tourists in the area. So I was like, I'm going to do something about this. Like more people need to know about this beautiful place. And it's one of the oldest places in Ireland for speaking Irish. And Enya and Clannad were born here. So there's a, an awful lot of history and culture. Um, and it's very unpredictable because it's not like your standard tourist place. So I very quickly got to know all the local tourism providers, the rock climbers, the kayakers, the fishermen, all of the local people. And they were like, what are you going to do? I was like, I'm going to bring people to your services. We're going to have a great time. And they were like, yeah, she's off her head. Nobody's going to come here, all this. And very quickly, I got my very first group together. I sold it on a heart-led adventure beyond five-star experience. You'll never experience anything like this anywhere else. And people came and people loved it. And ever, all the services worked about 15 businesses working together to create this adventure weekend. And from that day, I was just like, this is what I'm going to do. So over the two years that followed, I invited corporate groups, young people groups, student groups from all over the world. And we had over a thousand people come. And I'm not joking. At one point, we had like helicopters arriving on the local Gaelic football team. And to the point where the, new, the, the news, the radio came down and went, what's going on? I was like, oh, there's this group of uh, business people from London here. They were like, what? And people were like, how are you doing this? <laughs> you know, it was, I mean, and, and honestly, what I was doing was I was literally sharing with people what I thought was amazing about this place and why they should experience it. And I was literally just on my phone. You were and telling a story. I, what you were doing is you were you were inspiring them with a story. Absolutely. And I was I told them about my experience mm. of what I felt when I came home and people were like, well, we want to do that. And the more I got to know about, you know, the, the place itself, like there were all these amazing stories and facts. And I was just like, oh, my God, you know. So I did that for about two years. There was even a TV documentary about it. It was in the Irish Times. It was one of the, my my experience was voted one of the top ten things to do in the Wild Atlantic Way. But um, you know, after about two years, I realized that I wasn't really making any money. I was, you know, it was a passion project, and the businesses were, you know, they were they were doing really well. But it was never set up for me to make a lot of money or anything like that. But after about two years, I thought this is unsustainable <laughs> you know something needs to shift here and as much as I was enjoying it and then I started to really pay attention to what people were asking me and people that would come knocking on my door to my office because the local development group gave me a free office in their in their center so people were saying how did you get those customers what did you do to get those sales where did those people come from is that a connection you made could you introduce and I was just like so these people have no idea about how to get sales and they have no idea how to how about um, selling the place and selling their services. Mm -hmm. So I literally within a, within like weeks, I turned my business model upside down and then I started teaching the providers how to get their own customers and what I was doing. And very quickly, my business started doing really, really well. Then I started to get invited to speak about it. And then I started to really focus on entrepreneurs and I started speaking all over Ireland and then all over the world. And eventually my business crossed the six figure mark, multiple six figures. And I've maintained that level of business ever since teaching entrepreneurs how to sell what they have to offer by getting on stage and also creating a lifestyle of freedom for themselves as well. So wow. that's. 
that's what happened. <laughs> wow, wow, wow. And so, and the, and the, I mean, that was a passion business you set up. And so uh, has that passion remained in what you do? So here's the way things come full, full circle. So when I very first came home and I started to realize how amazing this place was, I was like, I want to have my own, um, my own place here, my own retreat center. I want to bring business owners to my place. But of course, I didn't have the resources nor the knowledge or the funding to do that. Mm. And literally in the last month, I've received planning permission to create my own boutique event space where I'm going to be inviting people from all over the world to come to Donegal to learn about business. And I'm calling it Dialing Your Destiny in Donegal. So it's coming right back to the passion that I had in the beginning. So I can't wait to get back out there with my tours, but I just have a different angle this time. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, you are you have uh, you transformed the area in which you live as a one woman, uh, uh, you know, sort of a um, marketing team. Is that what you've done? Yeah. Well, you know, I think what I did was I helped people realize that yes, we don't have the perfect roads and the perfect services and all of the amenities that other places had, but what we did have was special. It was mm. unique. And mm. then I feel like people had a new sense of appreciation for what was on their doorstep. Yeah. And I think that woke in. So, and there, there are a lot of businesses that have started that seem like what was happening. But more than anything, like other uh, the companies I was working with, they're now still working together and doing tours and things like that together. So those collaborations were th- th- those were really long term things that was set up around about that time. But um, I won't ever forget where I came from. So as soon as I get my own experiences up and running with myself here at my place um i'm going to be bringing people back to those must be some amazing stories around that though in terms of like yeah (laughs) in terms of because the culture your culture that is very different from what other people realize isn't it so very much so very much so there was a lot and you know in terms of like you know trying to move 50 50 people around an area where it's just like windy roads you're talking about you know calling buses can you be on the corner beside the rock next to the you know such and such where the this beach is and they're like yeah I'll be there then you go there they're not there then you see them coming over and then there's like no no phone signal so you have to go well where would he go if we couldn't be here and yeah there was a lot and like the, the, the amazing one of the amazing things that happened Paul one time was it was this international group of students here from um, Japan and um, I took them on this, you know, well, the service providers took them rock climbing, took them hill walking, took them kayaking and all this. And then one of them, like two of them came up to me during the event and they went, do you know that singer Enya? And I was like, do I know her? She comes from up the road. And they were like, are you serious? I mean, I mean, not joking. They got really like, oh my God, you, you mean this is her home? And I'm like, yeah. And I was like, if you want, I could bring you to meet her brother. And, you know, they were like, are you, what, what? And I was like, yes. I was like, okay. And I, I only took this group, piled like four of them into my car, drove them up, text uh, Enya's brother on the way. And I said, listen, I've got four young people coming and they're like mega fans and they just want to meet you. Will you tell them a story? And he's like, yeah, no problem. So we arrived at the pub and then you were arriving and like Bartley introduced himself and they were like almost crying. Oh, that's a br- yeah. Like, I can't believe this. And then he brought them in behind the bar, got them pouring Guinness and see, they met some of the locals, told them the story about how Enya started singing and all this. And then when, when the event, they were like blown away. And when the event was over, um, I was getting feedback sheets from everybody. And they had like climbed to the tops of mountains and ever. And they said, 
We've been in Ireland for the last X number of months and we've done everything from Cork, Kerry, Dublin, but nothing will compare to meeting Enya's brother and pouring a pint of Guinness in Donegal. So it was, I mean, it was just incredible. But um, yeah, lots of, yeah, lots of really beautiful stories like that where you, you really feel like you're giving people unforgettable moments in their life. Well, that's the know? point, isn't it? You're giving someone something which is totally unique and you're giving them a memory. Mm. which is far better than them buying something silly or, or, or a, a trinket from the place that they go. They, they take yeah. me to home, which is totally precious and yeah. is totally unique. So yeah. Amazing story. Amazing. So yeah. I mean, and what, what, what's driving you now in terms of this? I mean, obviously you've got this event center you're putting up. What, what, do you, what vision do you have for that and yourself in that respect? Yeah. So I've been hosting uh, international events like London, New York, Paris, Spain next week. And, you know, I just realized that there's there's so many reasons why I could be bringing all of these people and having that being poured into my community into promoting my area. So that's driving a lot of that as well. And also, you know, as a as for me, I inherited this cottage, which is my grandparents original home. And, you know, there's a beautiful piece of land with it. But I want I want it to mean something. I want I want to I want to leave a legacy with this. Mm. And I want it to make a difference. And I think that this is the way that I'm going to do that. So a lot of what I'm building is really recreating what was once here between like basic experiences with the bog, with organic gardening and homemade cooking and donkeys and all of that. So it's going to be a real traditional experience for entrepreneurs. But the one thing I think that is so special about Donegal, it's it's just got this like ancient authentic like realness to it like there's nothing pretend here there's nothing that was really like uh, predictable like any other places and I find that people can really get back to their roots here and feel a real sense of belonging and I think that for entrepreneurs the, the like the the business of growing a business people get lost they don't know who they are you know they and they become other people very quickly with if they have experienced fast growth and I know because it happened to me but I think that this is the type of experience I want to get I want to bring to people to help them understand the importance of roots and who we are and where we come from and all of that good stuff and I think that that I've got the perfect place for that my next question I think is is the most critical question around any business Uh, and it's that critical question because it's like it, it has to come from somewhere how do you define success? This question always gets me. <laughs> well, it gets every business because, you know, it's like, I know be a six-figure business. Is yeah. that what you want or you've been told is the success? Yeah, I think that at every level of success that I've experienced from getting my first client to losing clients to all of that, there's been, I have had a, diff- a different definition because the journey of success for me is not necessarily in what you achieve. It's who you, who you become as a result. Ooh, nice. And today, huh? Nice. And today, if I was, you know, to say what defines success to, for me is feeling capable to take on any project that would really blow my mind if I could actually fulfill on. And that for me is even feeling like I'm the person to, who could even do that. So that for me right now is success. And there's no way I would have been able to have the conviction behind what I'm about to do here like 10 years ago. I just didn't have it. 
you know, but what I've been through over the te- last 10 years has helped me become the person who can actually do this in a strategic, really well thought out way. And I know this will be a success now because I know what are the key pieces that you need to do. So I, mm. for me, that's success. And I guess success has changed over time, but, but totally. it, has it always been the same though for you in terms about mm-hmm. that, that expansion about what you can, what you can potentially be? Not at all. My, my first level of success was filling my first group and not looking like an idiot to all the local people here who said, well, well, can she do this? I think that was success for me. And then when I started my coaching business, my first goal was to uh, create a 10,000 a month business. That was that was success to me. But, you know, you, you create that and you're like, well, this isn't it. You know, this isn't this isn't what I want. And then it was speaking internationally. And then, you know, I started speaking in America and around the world and yes that was an it was a level of success but you know there's again I just don't think it's static I think it's transient you know and it just moves with you <laughs> well the thing about that level of success and what you have to be really careful with is, is there's a lot of ego in it isn't there because you know when you're standing on stages around the world and, and you're being invited to it's it's quite hard quite easy to start believing your own story you've got to kind mm. of like le- learn that yeah while this is quite this is good there's a bit more to this. Yeah, always, yeah. always. Yeah, well, it's a good, it's a good answer. So, how do you see yourself as contributing, or what do you see as your con- contribution? I mean, clearly, there's been some contribution. I can, I can see it, but let's hear it from you. Um, you mean contribution in terms mm. of um, the people that I'm helping? Well, whatever you, whatever contribution means to you, because there's two sides to contribution. There's the, there's the outward contribution. Mm-hmm. Clearly, you've helped the era. You've put Donegal on the map. In some way, yes, I believe I would like. I'd like to believe I have. Yes, <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure those local businesses who didn't think you could do it do believe it now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. So, I mean, I, I think a huge contribution was made there, and I, I think that it w- it just really took somebody to just think outside the box in terms of what we had to offer. Mm. Um, definitely a contribution there. I mean, in, in terms of the clients that I'm working with. You know, for me, it's about helping people get out of poverty thinking and a poverty life and to realize that, you know, there is more to it. And I also find speaking a lot of entrepreneurs, they tend to, you know, focus on like helping everybody else before they help themselves. So it's showing people how if they help themselves, they can actually help a lot more people because, you know, because I was there, I was out there helping everybody else. But I was, you know, I was struggling to put petrol in my car and I was just like, that's not making a difference because if I'm not functioning, nothing is functioning. So my contribution is really helping people to do that, but to do that in a way where they're still giving, it's still about making a contribution, but they have to really, it has to start with them. You have to change your world first before you can change anybody else's. And I love that, you know, for many of the women that I'm working with is that they have, they now, now that I've shown them a pathway to create more sales and to use speaking as a way to gather leads and also to enjoy their life. There's not only financial freedom in that there's, I think there's financial sovereignty in that because they are totally in control of how to make their own money. And it's not, am I worthy of it? Oh, it's, oh, if I take these steps, I get this result. So taking that, you know, the, the stories that we have about, you know, our worth and making money and you shouldn't make money and you shouldn't ask for money and money grows on trees and all the things that we've all grown up with and really squashing those and give them a, give them a system where they can actually make money, feel good and impact lots of people in the process. God, the money story. Money is such a, I mean, it's, you know, money is just money, but 
you know, it's like how you feel about it is kind of there's everything about it, isn't it, really? Oh, my gosh. And we've all like every single I don't think anybody has really escaped that, like just because of the generation that we grew up in, because I knew money was certainly not a, not um, spoken about in my <laughs> when I was growing up, you know, and when I was when I was starting my business, it, it was all about it was like, oh, my God, it's all has to be all about money. And all of a sudden it was counting money and it was, you know, making sure that money was coming in. So um, I think entrepreneurs, they really struggle with that. And, um, you know, I had a moment when I was in, um, I was speaking with Les Brown in um, New York a couple of years ago. I don't know if you've ever heard him speak, I'm yeah. sure you have, but he just has this way of like reaching into your heart. But I was, I was like on stage, I was so like excited about being on the stage. <clears throat> the day. So when I got to the venue, um, I realized I didn't have my shoes with me because I was so excited. I was just like, oh my God, I've got to go. I'm gonna. So I had to like leave the venue to go get my shoes. So I'm standing outside on the street in New York. I get my phone out and I call an Uber. The next thing this Uber pulls up, Paul, and it says beat out Honda. I mean, the only thing that was missing from this car was a tin can coming off the back. And I'm just like, oh, here's me, international speaker. You know, like, So I was like, get over yourself, get in the car, you know? So get in the car and the guy's chatting away and he's like, you know, where are you from, all this? And I'm kind of sweating going, you need to hurry up because I've really got to get back there, you know? So when I go, I went to get out of the car. And I was like, thank you so much. Goodbye. And he goes, oh, excuse me, ma'am. And I was like, yeah. And he goes, could you give me a five-star rating? And I was like, what? He goes, can you give me a five-star rating? I was like, why? And he goes, well, I really want to boost my score. And did I take you where you wanted to go? And I was like, yeah, you did. And I was like, okay, so get out of the car. And I gave the guy a five-star rating, right? So why did I give the guy with the beat out Honda the five-star rating? Why did you give it? Because he because he asked for it. Because he asked for it. And not only that, he expected it. Yeah. And when I looked at that guy's score, he had a 5.5 average. He wasn't a five-star drive, and he's driving around Manhattan in a beat-out Honda. But what what's what what the key for that for me was and the realization I had that day is he has asked every single one of one of his customers for that rating. He yep. expected it. He asked so confidently. There was nothing like, is it okay to get this? And I think that, that that the simplicity of that is what entrepreneurs need to remember when it comes to asking for money, asking for sales, asking for clients in their business. That if an Uber driver can have everybody sit in front of sit in his car and ask them for a five-star rating and get really good at it to get a 5.5 average with a beat out Honda, you don't have to be five stars in anything you do, but you do need to be good at asking. I'm gonna have to start putting this in my podcast because I just ask them to raise. <laughs> It, but I never say put give me a five star rating. Perhaps I should ask for a five star rating. Absolutely, <laughs> no harm in asking. Absolutely no. That's a lovely story. Thank you for that. It's really good. So, look, what about contribution to yourself? Mm. Well, I like to think that I've given myself a really amazing lifestyle. Uh, for the lot, like apart from the pandemic, I have been like traveling to all of the places that I've ever wanted to travel to. And I realized when I started speaking that it wasn't necessarily, you know, where can I get a gig? It was where do I want to visit? Oh, nice. And can I get a gig there? Nice. And the reason I got the gig in New York was because I wanted to go to New York. <laughs> You know, so it was like I, I allowed my business to I leverage what my business had to offer for my lifestyle. So yeah. 
Brilliant. in Bali, Australia, but because I wanted to go to those places. And actually, that's an easier way to do it because you're more specific. You have a certain date. Um, you know, you're definitely going. Yeah. So finding a gig around that it just made it easier. And then sometimes I go to these places, I'd have five or six gigs because I would say, listen, I'm coming on this date. You know, if you want me to come and do a free presentation, I'd be more than happy to. Um, and then people would say yes. So then I ended up. So contribution to me is that I really use my lifestyle to have this really beautiful, nomadic, luxurious lifestyle in many ways over the last five or six years. Wonderful. That's definitely contribution to yourself. <laughs> do you have a, a self-care regime that you do for yourself? Yeah, and it kind of changes. Uh, I've, I'm a huge fan of the Miracle Morning, mm -hmm. and I like to practice that as much as possible. I have uh, online, I have my own yoga teacher, so I'm online three days a week doing that. I also have a miniature dash hound, so I'm out walking with her every morning. And journaling, journaling is a huge one. I actually picked up a journal from like two months ago this morning, and I was drinking my coffee because I like to read them back. And I was just going, oh my God, what was going on? <laughs> it was just nuts. But it, it could have been like a year ago or two years ago, but I, it just shows you, like, I think when if you're in, into personal development and if you're into growth and if you, you do have big dreams and goals and with success, it happens really fast, you know? So I, I do like documenting it. And I also like reading back over the next couple of months to be like, wow. You were going through That's something. Good. I journal, but it's funny. I don't often read it back. Oh, I do. Yeah, I, do. I don't. I, mean, I actually I do. burnt all my journals recently in a big ceremony outside the house because I realized that I had all my journals from when I was from maybe like, you know, the last 20 years. And I was like, they're just gathering dust. So I did a whole yeah. ceremony, played a bit of primal scream in the background, Paul. I'm not sure. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> and uh i burnt my journals under the full bin <laughs> oh wonderful <laughs> when, when when else would you do it of course <laughs> exactly uh, first time for me to ever do anything like that but uh i actually i saw this uh coach do it who's doing an event in london his name is steve hardison he calls himself the ultimate coach i believe he coaches oprah winfrey but i saw him doing it and i thought well if the guy who does that is good enough room, i should give that a go too i think it's definitely worthwhile i yeah i mean yeah i mean i i use the journal a lot to i use it for processing more than else like processing mm -hmm. stuff is it something i'm thinking about or or I'll put a quote or a comment in there and try and, and I use it for the podcast because I do a weekly podcast. And so I often my, it comes out of my journaling, what I will do every week. So yeah. Awesome. Awesome. And I also get into this uh, concept of beautitude journaling, which means you write out your day before it happens. So you write, you write. So I basically write my day as if it's the perfect day. So I was looking back over those and some of the goals I have. And I was like, God, that stuff works. It does. It <laughs> this does. Works. That's because you're living into the story. That's what that's about. It's living into the story. Wow, oh, it's fantastic. Fantastic. So look, moving us on, what is the one question you like people to ask of themselves or of you? Um hmm. what is the one question I like people to ask for themselves? I mean, I can think of so many questions. I think questions, for, for me, I think questions are the key to success. The questions you ask others, the questions you ask, um, you ask other people. Uh, if I could think of one question, I think it probably goes down to why do you want to do this? Why are you doing this? So that question of why, for sure. 
Mm. Yeah, why is yeah. a very powerful question, isn't it? And, and, mm. and opens many doors. If you can go there, I mean, some people don't actually know why. Yeah, why is, and I, you know, and when, for if there's any speakers listening, it's a very important question to ask when you're presenting as well. So if you make a statement and then you say, and why is that important? If you're questioning your own content, you're giving your audience less reason to question you. So they're listening to what your response is to that. So I guess it's a habit for me as a speaker that I'm constantly questioning my own content. Like, why would I say that? Why, why do you think that would be possible? So um, just a little tip if there are any speakers uh, listening to your, to your podcast. But yeah, I would, I'm constantly asking my clients as well when they're struggling. I'm like, why are you doing this? You know, because sometimes they can be really building a case against why everything is not working. And you're like, okay, but why are you doing it then? And then it kind of makes them think that, well, I'm doing it because I want this and I want a lifestyle and I want, you know, I want to help people. And you're like, yeah, so that's why. So I found with clients going back a while now, because I've not had clients in this area for a while, but certainly in marketing and stuff, I would find clients bashing their heads against the wall and I'm going, why are you doing this? Mm. why well, yeah the universe is going no why why are you continuing in this direction you know like you know and it's quite fascinating when you suddenly go perhaps you should try going around the wall rather than through it you know it's like yeah and, and but, you know, just just you know on that you know go around the wall go through the wall go over the wall like they're if they're not serious they're going to have an excuse as to why I don't have the right shoes or I don't have the right tools or I don't have their and they're so focused on what they don't have that they totally miss all the things and it's they're like you could almost say that success and failure are almost are automatic either way because the successful per person is going to be programmed to look for the things that they can do and that are, are working and somebody who's not successful is going to be more prone to looking at what's not working and why they shouldn't be doing it and what's you know what what they don't have so yeah and I, I think that can be a habit mm, I think it probably can and a habit that can be broken because mm. I, I don't think that we're programmed for success or failure. I think we're, we're all programmed, right? It's just that what are we going to take more control over and what yes. are we going to realize? Yes, we have a choice. We just mm -hmm. choose the direction we want to go. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So how do people get in touch with you if they want to and what do you offer them when they do? Yeah, so if anybody wants to spend some time with me, I do a monthly training called, well, it was called Speak More, Make More. Now it's called Dial in Your Destiny with Speaking, right. where I'll walk you through my entire blueprint for speaking, for creating high ticket offers, for then leveraging stages, traveling the world. So if that sounds exciting to anybody, uh, they can join that every month. Yeah. And um, I spend a lot of time on Facebook. So that would be the, I'm very easy to find if anybody wants to find me on Facebook and also uh, LinkedIn too. Those are my two, my three main places where you'll find me on a regular. So um, yeah. And there's a website to, to find you? Yeah, my first name, .ie, .ie for Ireland. Okay, lovely. That's nice. Mm -hmm. That's nice and easy to do. So all those links will be available at the website, lifepassionandbusiness.com. And uh, do check them out. They'll be here also on the podcast app of your choosing. So we get to the last question that we ask all of our guests, which, which you know, we all, well, a lot of people go for life without even thinking about this, but I ask it anyway. What's the meaning of life for you? Yeah, nice, nice light question there, Paul, huh? <laughs> <laughs> you oh, love but, this, but don't you? I do, but I mean, everyone, you know, like, you know, it can't, well, it can. We're animals, you know, our, our process, it 
procreate, sit and die. That's how, that's what we are, really. But, you know, we're humans and we have this amazing capacity to do stuff. Yeah, but, we do. But is there, a, is there any meaning for you behind it? And I you're mean, an island, it, which is you're an island, which is the Catholic country. So you might have obviously a bit of background on that one. <laughs> <laughs> for sure, for sure. I mean, like the thing that comes to mind the most is just making the most of every possibility and every opportunity that comes your way, be that to love someone more, to care someone more, to be more successful, to help, but just making the most of every opportunity that we have and you know, having having good intentions as you do it. Mm. That's fair enough. For that's that's what you're is that is that today or is that every day? Is this is this, is this your yeah, thoughts well, about things? That, that, that's certainly that's certainly how I feel today. You know, you, a couple of months ago, I wa- clearly wasn't in a great place when I was reading my journal. There, I don't think <laughs> I said what I said today. There was a lot of F's and blames and all sorts of things there. <laughs> yeah, and that's the point, you know. And I, you know, it does it can change. I think I think it's you know we we create meaning as we go along a lot of the time so but it's interesting to hear what people feel and think about absolutely so moira thank you so much let's do that again moira nigalica thank you so much for being here with me today i really enjoyed our conversation you're such a lovely bubbly individual and i really enjoyed it thank you oh thank you so much paul thanks for the awesome questions i really really enjoyed being in your company today good thank you and that was Life, Passion and Business with Paul Harvey and my guest, Moira Nigalaha. If you'd like to connect with Moira, you can find her at her website, which is moira.ie. She's on LinkedIn, Instagram and Facebook. And as you would have heard on the program, there is that monthly webinar, which is well worth joining. Now, all of those links will be available at the website lifepassionandbusiness.com. Hopefully you have been following this podcast for a while and have explored the five questions for yourself. But if not, what's stopping you? You know, after hundreds of interviews, I can say with a hand on my heart that having answers to the questions about our passion, a picture of success, an awareness of contribution, thoughts around the one question and a sense of what it all means, that is the path to a good life. Now look, you don't need me to tell you that our world is changing faster than at any other time, certainly any time I can remember. And we must be sure to know who we are. And what we want out of this journey, because we will not get it unless we choose it. So please give it some thought, because, you know, your future depends on it. And if you'd like some help with that process, do check out the resources tab at lifepassionandbusiness.com, where you will find the five questions, ebook and worksheets. Now, this stuff is packed with exercises to help you on the journey towards self-discovery. And it's at the amazing price of just $12.99. So do check that out at the resources tab at lifepassionandbusiness.com. Now, finally, has this podcast been useful to you? If so, please consider giving us a five-star review on the app of your choosing. And of course, sharing it with a friend. Because that's how people like yourself find good podcasts. And that's it for me until Sunday. As always, thank you so much for being here with me on this journey. I so appreciate your time and attention. I'll catch you next time. All the best.